How are we doing, everyone? Welcome. It is a Tuesday, and we are back on the Big D Podcast on Spunky Spectrum Sports Network. I am Alex here for my weekly NFL recap video. Uh, as always, don't forget, please subscribe to the Spunky Spectrum Sports channel on YouTube. You can listen to any of these episodes streaming on Spotify and Apple Music. So give us a like on the on the YouTube video, give us a subscription onto the channel. And uh, if you prefer an audio version, like I said, Apple Music and Spotify has these episodes as well. So you can definitely listen on there. Uh, as usual, we have Dylan, our host with the most, the Big D himself. How are you, Dylan? Uh, I'm doing well, Alex. How about you? Sorry about your Dolphins being eliminated from playoff contention. Yeah, I'm not doing too great uh, when it comes to that front, but uh, you know, I, I will uh, rant about that later. So hey, I'm just hey, going to leave that be for now. I apologize because my Jacks couldn't help you against New England, but we haven't, but we haven't helped against many teams this year. Although we all two and two in the AFC against the AFC East. There you go. If you were one and three, and that. Extra loss was to Miami. I might be in a different mood right now, but that's okay. 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 Hey, at least we beat the Bills. You guys didn't beat the Bills at all this year, and you got an extra game. That's very true. But hey, we beat the Patriots, and that didn't work out very well for you guys. So we got a little back and forth going there, but that's all right. Whatever. <laughs> so let's kick this off. Um, how do you want to start? How about the uh, in the end of an era, perhaps, um, Mr. Big Ben Roethlisberger, final game, most likely, as long as uh, everything goes to his plan uh, at Heinz Field. Uh, walking away from Heinz Field with victory. What do you think of that? First off, I think it only I think it only made sense that Big Ben finishes his home career against the Korean Browns because, good Lord, how many times has Big Ben beaten in the Korean Browns? I mean, his record against the Korean Browns looks like Nick Saban against his former against his former assistants. But Big Ben has represented the Steelers franchise for 18 years. I mean, and when I think of the Steelers, I think, They've, Pittsburgh's gone through, what, three head coaches in, what, 50 years? Yeah. Chuck Noll, Bill Cowell, Mike Tom, and all three, well, two of them, two are in Shrine and Can, and one will be in Shrine and Can, but Big Ben Roethlisberger's a Hall of Famer. Now, unlike some other old quarterbacks, could Ben have taken care of his body? Could he have avoided one or two more hits? Maybe be playing a little longer, but in the end, Big Ben is one of my favorite quarterbacks to ever play the game. He took he took some chance. He took a lot of hits, but always but especially in his young days, Big Ben made that holy crap place. I mean, we were, we all remember that play. He made this Antonio Holmes, which started the toe tap regime, and uh, now everybody's doing it on a weekly basis. But Big Ben is a legend, and uh, I, I I hope this isn't the end for Big Ben's NFL career. But I'm happy he went out a winner, and uh, maybe we'll see the Seals in the playoffs in his swan song. 
Yeah, you know, he like you said, you you, you did a great job of summing it up. He, I mean, first of all, with the with the Pittsburgh head coaches, I mean, it's just ridiculous. It seems like, I mean, Miami's had more coaches in the last decade than the Steelers have in the last what five decades. It seems like, but um, no, I mean, all credit to Big Ben. I mean, like you said, he's a legend. He'll be in he'll be in the Hall of Fame, if not five years after he retires, shortly after. I mean, man, uh, kind of transformed the the quarterback position in a sense. I mean. It's, I mean, seeing like the guys like the the Montanas and the Marinos and the Elways and everything like that. I mean, you don't see a quarterback that's as big as Ben Roethlisberger. And I mean, just how fun was it watching him throw defenders off of his shoulder as he's like standing in the pocket? I mean, it was just it's so cool just seeing like I mean, obviously there's been bigger quarterbacks in the past, but to be able to throw as well as Big Ben has have so many marking moments. I mean, like you, you mentioned that Santonio Holmes catch. I mean, that's one of the greatest plays in Super Bowl history, just the absolute precision on the throw, the incredible awareness on the sideline to catch that ball in the end zone, in the corner of the end zone with all those defenders. I mean, def- definitely uh, that hits uh, Super Bowl highlight reels all the time. But, you know, Ben, he, he, you know, he did it differently. He wasn't, he, he was a different kind of quarterback than we've seen a whole lot of. I mean, he was mean, he was big he wasn't afraid to get hit and, and throw you off his shoulder like I said and, and then go on and complete a 50-yard pass downfield I mean he's a great quarterback it is definitely going to be I mean uh, as a 25-year-old guy I mean I feel like I've seen pretty much the, the entirety of Big Ben's career I've practically grown up watching him I mean I don't I don't really know the Steelers before Big Ben so I mean it's it's definitely a uh, a lukewarm uh, moment for me as well just being a fan of the NFL in general uh, hopefully he played I mean it seems like he's I don't think he's interested in going to another team I think he's pretty much hanging up the cleats at the end of the season I mean ideally for him that uh, ends in a playoff run but at the very least I mean it was nice that Pittsburgh's defense was able to get that interception uh, with what what 10 seconds left in the game given an opportunity to kneel down in his uh, final home game at Heinz Field so you know, end it with a win over your division rivals, longtime division rival Cleveland Browns, 26-14. I mean, it's just a nice little cherry on, on top for uh, Big Ben Roethlisberger and the Pittsburgh Steelers. Pittsburgh Steelers. And you also look at if Big Ben retires, Roethlisberger is going to be the third and final QB from that amazing 2004 class to retire because Eli retired a couple of years ago. Phil Rivers retired this last offseason. And how Big Ben, I mean, is there a chance all three of these guys are enshrined in Canada? I definitely think there's a chance. You know, I mean, I, I don't necessarily think they're first ballot guys. Uh, at, at, but, I mean, especially I don't think Eli is a first ballot guy. I think Ben probably has the biggest case to be a first ballot of the three of them. But uh, I'm not – I mean, it's, it's, it's a crowded room to get into, man. So it's, it's pretty tough. I mean, look at Zach Thomas. Zach Thomas should have been enshrined in the Hall of Fame 10 years ago. And uh, hopefully this year is the year that he gets his call. But, um, you know, I think there's definitely high potential for all three of them to get in. Um, I think Ben definitely will probably, I mean, he, he might not be the first one since he retired a couple of years after. Maybe he will. I don't know. It really just depends on the voters and, and how soon they find um, those quarterbacks worthy to get in, whether, whether it's first bout, whether it's after a couple of years of eligibility. But uh, I definitely think the three of them have have a shot to all get enshrined. And uh, I think Ben's definitely leading that pack for sure. And plus two Super Bowl rings, although even one of them 
didn't really have his best day, but the second one definitely. And uh, you throw for umpteen million yards, and true, it's a different era, but Big Ben's going to be in. I think Eli and Rupert should be in. It would only make sense if they all went in the same year. That would be fun. Yeah. I mean, we can let we can let Eli and Phil uh, wait it out a couple years and maybe just bring them all in when Ben when Ben's, uh gets ready to go in. But yeah, I definitely think you know it's 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 so different now because it's it's almost hard because you you obviously have the quarterbacks like Montana and Marino and Elway and Steve Young and and all the all the legends of you know yesteryear, if you will. But it's such a completely different NFL these days. I mean, I don't you look at like a guy like Eli Manning or like a guy like Philip Rivers. I mean, yeah, Eli beat Brady twice in the Super Bowl, but you know, it, it, I, I don't see them as in the same regards as some of like the great quarterbacks of, of back in the day. So, but with the, with the way the NFL has just completely turned into this, you know, pure passing league. I mean, it's teams are throwing so much more often. They're throwing so much farther. You know, these offenses are schemed so technically and uh, it's, it's just a completely different game. So it it almost feels weird to me to compare because, you know, as you know, growing up in this era of football, I mean, Eli Manning, yeah, he's the Eli conversation has always kind of tripped me up a little bit because yeah, he has. He, it, it, you've, you've got on the one hand the two Super Bowls against Tom Brady. I mean, that in itself is almost Hall of Fame worthy. But I, I, it just, I don't know. When I think of Eli Manning, I don't think of one of the top tier quarterbacks. But you know it, it, that you, you got to tie in how much, how much you have to account for those Super Bowls and and just everything. But you know, it's it's just a little different thinking comparing the quarterbacks of today to the quarterbacks of the past. But you know, there's different parameters, there's different standards, and um, you know, as long as you stay competitive and as long as you, you know, excel at your position, I mean, that's really what the Hall is looking for. So it's definitely going to be interesting in the next couple of years. I mean, they've got at least Ben's got at least five years if he retires this year. Uh, Philip and and Eli have have a couple of years short of that, but it'll definitely be interesting once their eligibility hits to see about where they're landing on the uh, on the list. Yeah. So now from a living legend to to future, I don't know if we call them future legends or maybe stars in the making, but uh, let's see. So last week against the Ravens, Schoenberg threw for 525 yards and four touchdowns. And against some guy you may have heard of, Patton Mahomes and the Chiefs, how many yards did Joe Burrow throw for on Sunday? A lot. How about 446 yards and four touchdowns as the Cincinnati Bengals, yes, not Bungles, Bengals, win the AFC North for the first time since 2015 with a 34-31 win over the Chiefs? Yeah, I mean, you know, this game, obviously, you know, when you when you look at this matchup, you're thinking Joe Burrow and Patrick Mahomes. I mean, obviously, you know, even Mahomes, 26 of 35, 259, like two touchdowns. I mean, that's a decent day. But when you go up against a guy thrown for 446 yards, 30 completed passes, only nine incompletes, no interceptions. I mean, you're, you're looking at Joe Burrow's career day, practically. 
And, and we got to talk about, I mean, we, we, it, we would be remiss to talk about this game without talking about the star of that game. And yes, Joe Burrow had an amazing game. But if you just look at it on paper, I mean, Jamar Chase, man. I know a lot of people who have won a lot of money in their fantasy football championships because they started Jamar Chase. I mean, 11 receptions, 266 yards with three touchdowns. I mean... That those are those are Madden numbers, and unfortunately for me, I was going up against Jamar Chase in my fantasy football championship, which led me to a second place prize. However, I think our friend here, Dylan, had a little bit of some better luck in his fantasy football championship. Yeah, yeah we're gonna yeah we're gonna talk about that fantasy championship yeah. in a minute, but uh, to be honest with you. I wonder what the Bengals would do before the draft because I knew Burrow and Chase made so many headlines and, t- and threw so many touchdowns in 2019 for LSU. But I knew Cincinnati possessed two good wide receivers in T. Higgins and Tyler Boyd. I thought the Bengals would go off and slump, but then again, thinking about it, I think the Bengals wanted to recreate the bird, the chase connection. And by golly, 11 for 266 and three scores would be recreating a historic connection. Oh, absolutely. And by the way, by the way, the jungle was the loudest I've ever heard that stadium. That was a freaking jungle. Oh, it was insane. I mean, do you remember in preseason when when Joe or not Joe Burrow when uh, Jamar Chase had a, a little I don't even know if you can call it a case but he had a couple drops in preseason and in training camp and the world was losing their mind I mean it was honestly it was it was almost laughable as a Dolphins fan because we uh, went with a receiver in that same in the same round obviously taking uh, Jalen Waddle and it was a big conversation between Jamar Chase, Jalen Waddle, Devonta Smith, like who is, who's going to be that top receiver from that class. And, you know, it was definitely a, a little entertaining uh, to see that, that the, the hate on the drops, but you knew, you knew Jamar Chase, that was not going to be a big problem for him. And he has definitely uh, shut up the people who were doubting him uh, in preseason and before the season, because he's having a monster rookie year. Does I got a question. Do you think, you think, I, uh, we haven't really we haven't really planned for this, but an interesting question: Did Jamar Chase just cement his offensive rookie of the year uh, title with that performance yesterday? Or are you still leaning uh, a different a different route for that award? I think Jamar Chase cemented the most exciting rookie category, but I think it, I think the two main guys for that are probably Chase and then Mac Jones. Yeah. I mean, Chase, I think it depends on what the voters go with because it seems like seems like quarterbacks get every award. But yeah, no, I hate it. But uh, I would say Chase is probably the leader in the clubhouse. Yeah, he'd get my vote, that's for sure. And that's not, not even any bias against Mac Jones and the New England Patriots. It's just more of a bias against quarterbacks winning, like you said, every single award. I mean, you talk about an MVP award, it's you may as well just rename it the quarterback of the year award because it's it's I mean, seeing someone not non seeing someone in a non-quarterback position when the MVP is like 
a leap year. It might have happened once every four years or something like that. But you know, it's I I just the way that that um uh Jamar Chase has been connecting with Joe Burrow, it's just been an absolute gift to to their fantasy owners and a gift to Cincinnati Bengals fans and a gift to NFL fans in general. I mean, I can't tell you unless you're a fan of this of another uh, of a, a uh, another AFC North team. I mean, you had to have had fun watching Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase have that connection on Sunday. I mean, who wouldn't want to see that? But yeah, you know, I, I mean, by the way, and by the way, guess who used Joe Burrow against me this weekend and all friendly little and a friendly little DK showdown. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got I got a you know, that was my only victory this weekend, it seems like, was I was able to beat the big D himself in our uh in our weekly DraftKings matchup. You know, thank you, Joe Burrow, for your contribution to that. But uh, you know, unfortunately that was no offense, Dylan, but I would have rather taken the uh, taken the W in either the Dolphins game or my fantasy football championship a little bit more than that DraftKings matchup. But, you know, I'll take my win when I can get them. And uh, thank you, Joe Burrow, for your contribution. I'm 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 I am making a new rule for week 18 that I always cannot use Joe Burrow against me. <laughs> you know, I'll, I'll, I will try my hardest to honor that. I'm sure I'll probably be able to. Uh, to sneak someone else in there. Hopefully, you know, maybe they'll throw for four touchdowns and uh, a boatload of yards, but. Oh, gosh, come <laughs> on, you donkey. <laughs> but speaking of, you know, we've been talking about fantasy a lot. You know, week seven, second to last week of the season seems to be um, where the majority of teams have their, leagues have their uh, fantasy football championship. Unfortunately for me, I was a, uh, the first loser, the number one runner-up. Uh, if you're not first, you're last, second place finisher in my main fantasy league. But my man, Mr. Dylan, I have heard that you have completed the mission, the preseason goal of winning a fantasy football championship. Why don't you talk to the people a little bit about that? And um, congratulations to you, sir. Thank you, Alex. Um let me tell you, this was one of the oddest years I've ever seen in fantasy for football. I Absolutely, I don't think I've ever, I don't think I've ever dealt with a crappier roster win. I mean, do you want do you want me to do you want me to tell you what my team looked like at the start of the year? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, You see here that oh, here team is the Smunky is Smunky's Knuckleheads. I like it. So for the one one pick. So I see a Mr. Christian McCaffrey as your one overall. How did that work out for you, Dylan? Not well at all. Not well at all. Injured again. Yep. And Round then, two. All right. Kennel, Keenan Allen, Justin Herbert, DJ Moore. Oopsie on the Trey Sermon pick. Yeah, that didn't work out too well for you. But then look at here, seven and eight. Yeah, you got a little Jamar Chase, Brandon Cooks back to back. Those paid off for you. Nice little late round grab. You got Ryan Tannehill's back at quarterback. That was decent for a couple weeks here and there, but uh, I have a feeling your Justin Herbert uh, fourth round pick was pretty much the mainstay at your quarterback position. Yeah, I wanted to get, I wanted to get 
one they were like seven or eight quarterbacks I wanted to get and Herbert was one of them plus the Herbert Allen connection yeah absolutely yeah. I love getting those combos together although the problem is in like most of my leagues week seven was like a death nail for me because like all my guys on week seven bots. yeah week seven was the bye week from uh you know where this year I mean it seemed like every every I don't know how they was able to have teams playing in week seven this year just because <laughs> of how many buys it seemed like there were yeah, Ryan Tannehill in the ninth, Gerald Everett in the tenth, Marvin Jones. Nice little Michael Carter pick there in round twelve. And Michael Carter actually watch it, and then watch the team that I use later. All right, let me see this championship matchup. Let me tell. Let me tell you, this is one of the worst rosters I've ever seen win a league championship. <laughs> And uh, not over here, but over here. Right. I mean, going into the week, I was at 11, almost at 11 and a half point goal. Wow. And I didn't win. I won by 17.28 points. Yeah. The one thing I will commend you for on this, Dylan, is something I don't see very often because I'm a trader. When it comes to fantasy football, like if, I w- if I'm off to a rough start or something like that, I am going to be sending a trade proposal to almost anyone in my league. And I'm looking at Justin Herbert as your championship starting quarterback, DJ Moore, Jamar Chase, Brandon Cooks as your receivers. I see Michael Carter. I see George Kittle and I see Keenan Allen. I mean, it looks like you, the fact that what you have one, one player, I think on your start on your championship starting lineup that, uh, starting for you that you didn't draft. I mean, that's that's remarkable in itself. <laughs> and let me tell you this: the one guy I did add this week, Jared Patterson, was because Antonio Gibson ended in, ended up in COVID jail. Yeah. So I needed an extra running back, and I'm like, and I'm like, Patterson's to be a could get touchdowns and catch a few passes. I'm like, I may need help this week. Yeah. So Patterson ended up being on my team and got me 20 points. So, and uh, I must say, I must confess, Jamal, Ch- I, I, th- I owe Jamal Chase about a 10, k- about a, a new, a new call or something. Yeah. Because, Something like that, man. You know, because while he cost you a league championship, he helped me win one. Yeah. You know, he, he definitely had, you know, it, it always seems like there's one guy who one year he just decides to blow up in the in the fantasy football uh, championship week. And uh, it definitely seems like Jamar Chase this year. I mean, uh, I don't have the screen sharing compatibility or capabilities, but uh, – you know, my league score is a little different, and uh, Jamar Chase racked up 59.6 for my opponent there. I only ended up losing by nine. I, I had a really good week. Um, Rashad Penny was a late-minute uh, substitute that I threw in, uh, which that was a nice little bonus, 32.5 there. Uh, nice day from, you know, Cooper Cup does what he normally does. Alvin Kamara had a good day. You know, I – if I if I would have I, I took Eli Mitchell out late uh, for Chase Edmonds 
that cost me seven and a half points. Still wouldn't have quite gotten the job done. So, you know, I, I can't really beat myself up too much about that because I would have lost either way. But um, congrats to my buddy JJ on the uh, championship victory. Congrats to you, Dylan, on the championship victory. And, uh, you know, I, I won my guillotine league. I'm happy with that. Second place in my uh, in my big money league. Ended up racking in a decent little profit in fantasy football this year. So I can't be too upset. By the way, speaking of profit, how about this? 750 bucks. Yeah. Going into my PayPal. There you go, man. That's, you know, it's it's crazy the things that uh, being a big football fan can get for us sometimes. You know, my girlfriend always yells at me. Not yells at me, but, she, you know, she gives me some, some crap sometimes for watching so much football. I'm like, hey. I'm paying bills with this at the end of the at the at the end of the fancy football season, so uh, don't knock me too hard. But nice little payout for you, Dylan. Definitely seven hundred fifty bucks. You definitely need to treat yourself to something nice for that. On that, buy yourself a Jalen Waddle jersey, maybe. What? What? <laughs> why would I buy you? Why would I buy myself a Jalen Waddle jersey? Buy your own jersey. <laughs> you might need to buy a Jamar Chase jersey after. Uh, after that little contribution to your uh, championship team. I was thinking of buying Burrow Chase and Trevor Lawrence, but that's just what we find out today. There you go. Well, enough with all this uh, fantasy talk. It's uh, time for a rant of the week. And uh, unfortunately, Alex's Dolphins fell by the wayside and saw their playoff or playoff dreams uh, go up and smoke as the Tennessee Titans marched all over the, the Dolphins 34-3, ending Miami's playoff dreams and creating another frustrating, miserable offseason. So, Alex, uh, go on it. Yep. You know, um, this has been a very nice, lighthearted episode of our uh, weekly podcast. However... It's time to flip the script because I'm pissed off. You know, I'm pissed off, and it's not even about Tua. It, it's about Tua. You know, Tua had a terrible game. I'm not going to give him uh, any bet. Of, I'm not going to give him any pass for how bad he played because he played very bad. However, that loss, as much as it was on Tua for having a horrific showing and a do or die game, the coaching staff. I'm, I'm almost speechless because of how upset I am about this. First of all, Duke Johnson, beautiful little addition mid-season to the team, runs hard. You know, he had that game a couple weeks ago where he, I mean, completely blew up. He's been a hard runner. He's been getting really good looks ever since then. Dylan, Duke Johnson had seven carries in that game. All of those seven carries were in the first half of that football game. And we weren't even getting blown out at halftime. It was, we were losing, but we were still in it. The Miami Dolphins coaching staff did not game plan for a cold, wet, rainy game. And it cost them the football game. Duke Johnson ran the ball seven times. He had a seven yard average on his rushes. And they don't give him the ball once in the second half of that football game in a game where the passing is obviously not working. 
The Tennessee Titans have shut down the short. I mean, they completely shut down Jalen Waddle. Tua couldn't. I mean, the ball, I don't know why he wasn't wearing a glove on his non-throwing hand. I mean, the ball, he it slipped out of his hand on multiple occasions. He fumbled a snap between under center. He had the ball slip out of his hand before he went to throw it. I mean, I don't, it, Mike Gesicki was interviewed after this game and they said, all they asked him was, hey, Mike, did you guys have a, a weather game plan, a rain game plan, a cold weather rain game plan? And he said, uh, Nope. That's all he said. He didn't add anything to it. How the Miami Dolphins came into this game. You can check the weather forecast, Brian. You can, you can look to see what's going to be happening, how the conditions are going to be. You completely abandoned the run. And I get, and you know, the Titans tag, it was a 34 to three game. It wasn't that big of a blowout throughout the majority. I mean, throughout that first half, the Dolphins were in the game. All they had to do was score one touchdown. It would have been a seven-point game at halftime. And you go into the break, you make your adjustments, and you come back and play. Obviously, you don't get that touchdown. You don't get a touchdown all game. But the the the, the fact that the throw that the passing game was not working, and you completely abandon your most positive running back. I mean, the Dolphins have had a running back problem since Ricky Williams retired twice. I mean, the fact that they finally find a running back who's hitting hard, who's running hard, picking up production in the running game, and you just abandon him and you give the ball to Miles Gaskin the whole second half, who Miles Gaskin hasn't done anything all season. We've been dying for a replacement for Miles Gaskin. You finally get Philip Lindsay and you finally get Duke Johnson in. These guys are running harder than Miles Gaskin has his entire career, and that's who you decide to feed the ball to the entire second half. It's just so unbelievably annoying. I mean, I haven't had I haven't had a rant in eight weeks because the Miami Dolphins have finally started doing things right. Yeah, cupcake schedule, blah, blah, blah. I don't want to hear it. You, I mean, to win seven games in a row in the NFL, I don't care if who, you could play the Jaguars seven games in a row. Obviously, we couldn't even beat them once. Mm-hmm. I mean, it does I the argument about who they played means nothing to me. I mean, you to the ability to win seven games in a row in the NFL is a remarkable achievement. And I'm not going to take anything away from the Dolphins from doing that. The biggest frustration I have is the Dolphins, the Mi- and I tweeted this because I was so frustrated after the game. The Miami Dolphins have this huge ability, no matter where, no matter how their season started, or no matter how bad things look, the Miami Dolphins have this inane ability to instill hope, no matter what, into their fan base. And that is the part of the of being a Miami Dolphins fan that drives me up the wall. And like I said in my tweet, will take years off of my life because the Miami Dolphins, no matter how bad things look, will instill hope into their fans all to let it crash and burn at the very end when it counts. I mean, to go one and seven, the Miami Dolphins, Miami Dolphins fans were calling this after that one and seven start. We were calling this the worst season in Dolphins history because of the expectations, because of the additions in the offseason. Because of Coach Flores, we're really happy. They were calling it the worst season in Dolphins history. All of a sudden, seven-game win streak. You're sitting at eight and seven. You've got a winning record. You control your destiny for the playoffs. Win two more games, and you are in the playoffs after starting one and seven. And what do the Miami Dolphins do? They do what the Miami Dolphins do best, and that is blowing it when they have the power in their hands to win it. I mean – Last year, the Buffalo game, terrible. I mean, obviously, you know, two is a rookie. 
you can't really i mean you hope that that the team can step up and deliver when it comes when it's a win and get in situation get murdered by the bills and by the bills backups in the second half of that this year it's like all right you're playing the tennessee titans you're playing ryan Tannehill, the man who has single who had single-handedly I mean, just left Dolphins fans in the twilight zone for seven years because the Dolphins couldn't decide if he was good enough. And they just decided to keep giving him opportunity after opportunity for year after year after year. Finally, they decided, you know, he's probably not the guy if we haven't figured it out by now. You're going against Ryan Tannehill and the Tennessee Titans without Derrick Henry. Yes, this is the toughest matchup they've had since the Ravens and in a long time before that. But the fact that they just completely butchered the game plan, they couldn't get the ball to waddle, they couldn't run, they could run the ball, they just chose not to for some reason, and just not game planning against the weather, it's just so absolutely frustrating for the Miami Dolphins to put out a performance like that in a win, in a win to keep your playoff hopes alive situation after you're riding so much momentum. I mean, yes, Tua had a terrible game, I don't want to give him a pass for that but it's not completely on him i mean the coaching staff just really let the game planning let the team down the coaching let the team down the receivers let the team down everyone let let each other down and it and honestly the people who hurt at the end of the day are the dolphins fans who had that hope thanks to that seven game win streak and it sucks it really sucks that we've got one more Dolphins game this season. I don't even care about it anymore. I mean, I, I hope we beat the Patriots because it'd be really nice to sweep the Patriots. But just after a 34 to three thrashing with the playoffs on the line, it really gets me hot. It, it, it really makes it hard for me to, to get hyped for this game. But, you know, that's pretty much it. Just had to get a lot of that off my chest. It's just extremely frustrating. We're, Going to go go into yet another offseason with a what if and a lot of could have been, should have been, would have been. But, you know, it's just an opportunity to, uh, you know, it, it, and the biggest thing that scares me is this offense team has a great core. I mean, there's so much talent on this roster. It's just a couple pieces. And whether that's a new quarterback, whether, I mean, it's definitely, there definitely has to be a big focus on offensive line I feel like I've been saying we've had to fix this offensive line my entire life and I think I have been because we've had to fix this offensive line my entire life hopefully this is the offseason that the Dolphins can take can get it done stop trying to go through the draft spend all your money in free agency on offensive line gift and and give to one more year and if I mean if we can really fix up that line get him maybe one more decent receiver get get will fuller out of miami because that was the biggest waste of money i've ever seen i mean i think the dolphins can put together a roster that can compete next year but you know it's just the fact that playoffs are coming up and i'm talking about next year makes me sick but that's about it it's about what i got for you this is what i think the dolphins should do in the offseason one two is not your guy 100 percent. he's not your guy he's not your guy we've seen enough of him yeah. We've seen enough of him. Uh, did you see Joe Burrow on Sunday? Oh, he threw. He's thrown for 900. Burrow's thrown for 970 yards, 71 yards last week. We've seen Justin Herbert. Oh, yeah, he's the star. Uh, two, two is not hit. Yeah. Two is not hit. And if the Dolphins are honest, I think they would move him. I, for I, who? I think they would move him. 
for who? That's the thing is like, I'm not a hundred percent against getting rid of Tua. Obviously I want him to be successful. I, I think if we can get some additions to the O-line and give him one more year, I think he might deserve one year, but if we do move on from him, who are the Miami Dolphins going to get a quarterback? There's no good quarterbacks coming out of the draft. I don't want to deal with another rookie, more growing pains, more having to learn the system, more not knowing what you have in your rookie quarterback. I would want someone. And if, I mean, obviously the name that pops in everyone's head is Deshaun Watson, but you can't make that decision until he gets cleared. I mean, if, if the Miami Dolphins trade the house for Deshaun Watson and he ends up in jail for 20 years, you may as well just fold the franchise because it's, it's, I, I just, I don't see the, the guy who's going to come in for Tua. That's why I'm saying one, I, I'm not upset about giving Tua one more year because I mean, yeah, I would take Deshaun Watson. Absolutely. But I don't want Deshaun Watson with the baggage. I want Deshaun Watson cleared criminally ready to play football. And if, if, if we can't get that, and I don't know if we're going to get that answer by the time next season starts, maybe, I mean, probably, I guess, but if it's the bad news that you're afraid of, then what do you do? I mean, Russell Wilson, Aaron Rodgers, I mean, bingo, I don't want to. Bingo, 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 bingo. Russell Wilson, enough said. For how many years, though? I mean, I don't want to be good. I mean, it'd be nice. Wait a minute, yes, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Tom Brady's 44 years old, still kicking you-know-what. You can't Rogers, use Tom Brady as an example, though. That's, Aaron Rodgers is going – Aaron Rodgers is kicking everybody's you-know-what at, what, 38, 39 years old. Age is just a number for quarterbacks now. Russell Wilson's got probably seven or eight more great years left. All right. And I'm just thinking, if you're Russell and Sierra, would you rather be in Seattle, Washington – you're dealing with cold, rainy weather, and peak hill on Miami. We've got warm, beautiful sunshine half the year. Not true. Half the year. Okay. Well, for half your games, at least. Yeah, I was about to say more like three quarters of the year. I would say 90% of the year. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But- I mean, it's definitely an interesting pitch. Um, you know, He's had some injury problems this year. That makes me a little nervous. Uh, when he came back from that injury, he didn't look too great. Makes me a little it's, nervous. It's not but a I'm, shoulder. It's not a knee. It's not an Achilles. Yeah. It's I, I guess I guess Russell might have a little bit more a little bit more in him than I than I kind of initially thought. See, when I I, I heard some Aaron Rodgers rumors. I, the, my biggest thing is I don't want to stand in quarterback for two years to take us to the playoffs for two years. I want it just, and then, and then, and then, and then you got to figure out what's after that. Uh, Cause then we're in the exact same position as we have been the entire time. I want a guy who can lead us and be our quarterback for a, the better part of eight years. You said Russell Wilson got seven or eight years left in him. I'm fine with seven or eight years. I just don't want a two, a two year loner who's going to retire Maybe he'll get us into the playoffs. Maybe he'll get us a playoff win. I've never seen one of those in my entire life. That'd be great. But at the end of the day, I mean, you got to think about the future and you got to think about who, how, how, you, how it's going to be sustainable. I'm sick, I'm sick of having the Dolphins be a team that pops into the playoffs once every 10 years. I mean, I, I want, I'm ready for them to go back to where they are on the verge of being, which is a playoff. I mean, I, I can't even say that because I was going to say a playoff regular. We're not even on the verge of being a playoff regular because we haven't seen the playoffs 
more than two fluke years in the past 20 years. It's just, I'm ready for this team to step up because there's a lot of pieces. There's a lot of pieces that have, that can, that can lead this team to consistent playoff appearances. It's just, there's a lot of people. There's a couple pieces that keep us farther and farther away from it, but you know, it's whether it's Russell Wilson, you know, if, if the Miami Dolphins can make that happen, go for it. But if Deshaun Watson gets cleared, go for it. But there's a lot of question marks with a lot of different quarterbacks going around right now. And I'd almost rather give two of the one, one more year. I'm not, I, I mean, if, if we give two of one more year, we've got, we get some good offense alignment in there. He's got his weapons. We have hopefully decent running game. I mean, if everything looks right for Tua and, and we're still seeing some of the same scared Tua that we're seeing for the last, uh, some unfortunate parts of this season and a little bit, because the Miami Dolphins, Dylan, you got to remember, I mean, for the majority of that of that beginning of the start, Tua missed multiple games this season. Jacoby Brissett is not a very good quarterback, I'm sorry to say. But, and I mean, it's, And neither is Tua. The difference, though, is, Dylan, if Tua w- didn't miss those games, the Dolphins in the playoffs. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, you, wait a minute. You think, you're trying to think, what games did Tua miss? So he, heard, he got hurt in week two, right? Yeah, he got, yeah, so let me bring up the schedule really quick. The Bills, so he got hurt in the second play of the Bills game. Lost 35-0. Jacoby Brissett couldn't put up a single point. Overtime loss against the Raiders. Tua wins that game. He didn't win the game, the Raider game in 2020. Fitzpatrick won it off the bench. Threw one pass, really. And I the, mean, and the and the defender yanked the receiver right. the face mask. But Dylan, I'm telling you, if we lose by three to the Vegas Raiders in overtime with Jacoby Brissett, we beat them with two. I guarantee it. I mean, the Dolphins-Jaguars game was a tough one. Obviously, Tua played there. But, I, I mean, it's just one more win. I really do think if the Dolphins had one more win on the, on the record this year, they make the playoffs because I think we go in and beat New England next week. I really do. I, I mean, New England can't beat Miami in Miami. It just doesn't seem to happen. I don't know. It's, it's you know, there's so many question marks about this Dolphins team. There's so much things, uncertainties, stuff you don't know. It's just I'm tired of it tired of it okay let me tell let me tell you i i can uh, attest to losing because it seems like every week we lose 50 to 10 i'd almost rather that though i'd almost rather be trash and know we're trash than be trash and think we're good because being being trash and 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 thinking you're good all it does is give hope that gets taken away from you and 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 the worst moments and it's really just an endless loop of, of hope and then despair and then hope and then despair and then hope and then despair. And it, it's giving me gray hairs, man. Gray hairs and you're 25. What's going to happen when you're my age? It's <laughs> a great question. I mean, maybe I should stop following the Dolphins in, the, in Manchester United. I might uh, be able to save some of that. But you know. Oh, wait. Oh, wait. May I do this? Oh. Yeah. 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 Sorry about the awards game, too. Yeah, we don't have to talk about that either because I I can't handle my sports teams right now. I really just. 
the Heat. Go Heat. Go Heat. They lost in in uh, San Francisco last night. I know, but they they've got the most promise of any of my teams right now. So I, I'm that's just not saying much. It's really not, but it is what it is, man. <laughs> yeah. So uh, thanks for hopping on, Alex. We wish you well in your fantasy endeavors, and maybe the Dolphins will actually find Dan Marino's replacement. Yeah, you know, we've been looking for 20 years. Why not add a couple more? I mean, <laughs> it's, it is, uh, ends up. Thanks for having me, Dylan. It's a pleasure as always. Uh, 